to Ion Horror, the official podcast of iHorror.com. This is episode 53, otherwise known as season 3, episode 17, and I am your host, James J. Edwards, and with me, as always, is your other host, Jacob Davison. How are you doing, Jacob? Uh, about the same. <laughs> Nothing changes. <laughs> Does anything these days? <laughs> And also with us, speaking of not changing, uh, also with us again is your other, other host, John Correa. How you doing, Correa? Wait, who? I've changed my clothes. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I mean, speaking of nothing changing, meaning it's still the three of us. Oh, okay. I mean, yes, I've been wearing the <laughs> same like jog, like sweatpants joggers for the last week or so, but that's because they're trick or treat themed from Cavity Colors, you know? <laughs> They are super comfy and awesome. We are not endorsed by them, but God damn it, do I love these pants. <laughs> We're not endorsed by anybody. If you send us stuff, we will, we'll, we'll talk you up. If and we we'll like talk it. You up anyway. Please bribe us. We haven't been endorsed by Shudder, but we uh, sell the crap out of them. Oh uh, my God. Hold on. <laughs> I just watched the best thing on Shudder, so I'm so excited to talk about it. But yeah, no, you right. do your thing. Well, you let's, do thing. let's get into it. <laughs> what, what have you guys been doing? Go, go Korea. What did you watch on Shudder? So it just went on Shudder this week. But uh, the movie Scare Me, uh, have you guys heard of this? Uh, yeah, it's been on my watch list. It's It's got Aya Cash from uh, You're the Worst and The Boys Season 2, which also The Boys Season 2 was awesome, but that's not really horror. Um, I mean, we've talked about superhero shit before, but we're not going to get into The Boys. We're going to talk about Scare Me. It is absolutely phenomenal um it is the the premise of it is this writer goes to a cabin in the woods to write his next novel where he meets a another author played by a cash um and she's a successful uh writer who wrote one of the most popular horror uh horror books to come out at recently and he's just struggling to kind of write his first uh they get a power outage and so they spend the night telling ghost story or telling scary stories to each other and is it an anthology then it is not it is it's literally the like almost the like the entire movie is them acting out scary movies and they'll do and the the filmmakers will do fun stuff like they'll change the lighting or if they're talking and they're like and the werewolf is going up the stairs they'll start playing like donk donk sound effects and having like a gnarly werewolf growl and like it's it's really good chris red uh from snl pops up at a certain point and just injects like i've seen him in a few things mostly pop star liked him in pop star absolutely loved him in this movie he added such great energy to it ah it's it's really funny is this a remake i feel like there was a movie like not that long ago maybe a couple years ago that was basically the same premise um but it was a bunch of teenage kids not two authors huh and i think it was even called scare me (laughs) i don't know i don't know if it was a remake or if it's just like very similarly plotted and and it's such a generic name they could use the name right exactly because I because I think there was another movie called Scare Me that was almost the same concept but hey hey I mean telling ghost stories isn't the most original idea but like the because you're so focused on these two actors uh, for so much of the movie like Lindsay even said it her, uh, at the very beginning she's like this guy is. He does a lot of weird stuff with his face. Like, he's very expressive, but it works really well when he's telling stories, you know? When he's just sitting there by himself typing, it's like, oh, this guy's a weirdo. But then he starts telling the stories, and it's like, oh, man, his big facial expressions really help sell uh, the stories he's telling. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. There's some genuinely, like, creepy moments throughout. Uh, so, yeah, if you have Shutter, I highly recommend it. Have either of you guys... Um, we did actually a giveaway... Uh, to see these these at the drive-in um have either of you guys dove into the welcome to the blumhouse movies on prime not yet have no. you seen it, any of them korea I've, I've actually gone through all four of them um there are four of them i think this has taken the place of hulu's into the dark um because they're basically just these rookie i think blumhouse is developing their bench because there are four rookie filmmakers that i think three of the four it's their first feature film um they're all pretty good they're they're lightweight for uh for blumhouse fair but they seem like tv movies um but one is called the lie which is about a a girl who she basically kills her best friend and tells her 
her father and then the parents try to cover it up and then there's one called black box which is about a guy who um he he lost his memory in like a car accident and he's going through this therapy to regain his memory um and then there's nocturne which is about two twin girls they're pianists and one of them is better than the other so the the one who's not as good wants to find out a way to compete with her sister and it gets supernatural um and then there is evil eye which is about uh, a, a, a indian woman who meets a man who she thinks is his perfect man but then her mom thinks it's the reincarnation of a dude who tried to kill her 30 years before so it's a they're they're pretty pretty good little movies black box is easily easily the best of the bunch and um it's kind of derivative of another Blumhouse movie that it'll spoil it if I say what it is, but it's kind of cool that Blumhouse didn't just stick a part two on it you know? because they easily could have. They could have said this is blank part two um, and people would have totally bought it. So it's kind of cool that they let it be its own thing. But yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty strong. Black Box is the best of the four, but they're all pretty strong. They're all pretty good, and they're they're for they're free on Prime. They're 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 cool. You know, it's a good way to kill what six hours. They're about an hour and a half each. So there you go. Speaking of the drive-in, <laughs> you've been at the drive-in, Jacob. Uh, yeah. Well, last week was uh, the last week of Beyond Fest, so I got to uh, to see a bunch of stuff uh, premiere. Like I was at the uh, world premiere of Speaking of Blumhouse, Freaky. You know, the Vince Vaughn uh, slasher body swap movie. And it was really good. Um, I thought it was made by, uh, or it was directed by the same guy, uh, Christopher Landon, that did Happy Death Day. So, yeah, he's really got a niche for these kind of 80s comedy slash horror mashups. Uh, and,. I know Korea wasn't really a big fan of the Happy Death Day movies, but I think he'd be a uh, bigger fan of Freaky, especially because uh, Big Difference is uh, Happy Death Day movies were all PG-13. Freaky is a hard R. Like, they go full out with the gore on this one. So Happy Death Day was Groundhog's Day, and Freaky is Freaky Friday, right? Correct. Basically? I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they really leaned into it with this one. I, I, I mean... First of all, I might not be a big fan of Happy Death Day, but I am a big fan of Vince Vaughn playing serial killers, so, you know. And also a teenage girl trapped in a serial killer's body. Yeah, that's always fun. But, uh, right, because, yeah, James, you remember the Psycho remake, right? Remember uh, Vince Vaughn in that? <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten about it until you just reminded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, uh, what else has been um, going on? What else has been oh, happening at the drive-thru? Uh, drive-in. Well, uh, the uh, uh, probably my favorite movie out of Beyond Fest was Psycho Goreman PG uh, from Steven Kostansky uh, from Astron 6. And, it, oh my God, it was so wild. It was basically like E.T., but what if uh, it was like one of the Cenobites? So, like, these two kids find this, like, ancient demon overlord in their backyard, but they're able to control him with, like, his magic jewel, so they force him to become his best friend, uh, or their best friend. <laughs> so, it, there's a lot of, like, wacky gags in it, and a lot of it's practical effects, uh, but yeah, like, the like PG is just very happy to kill or, like, subject people to fates worse than death uh, with his with his cosmic powers. And it makes for a lot of great, uh, like, set pieces. Like it, That's his name? PG? Yep. Short for Psycho Gore, man. So, like, E.T. to extraterrestrial. That's, exactly. So, so, really, it's... So, it's leaning into the E.T. thing. It's not even an accident? Oh, no, no. Def it's definitely okay. a, a bit of a reference to that, except uh, E.T. didn't want to slaughter the human race, as far as we know. <laughs> he did an extra... Oh yeah, that's true. Extro, he did, he did kind of <laughs> oh, yeah, go, dude, uh, go all murder. Extro fucks like that is a <laughs> that is a movie that like it's so weird. Like uh, I can't describe extra. I love extra. Like it's I love extra. Oh, I love extra too. Awesome. That well, I mean, I love the movie extra. I did not like extra two, but I do like extra oh. three. <laughs> I I still have yet to see the sequels. <laughs> 
But uh, Second Sight uh, in the UK put out a really good Blu-ray for Extro. So if anyone's... I don't even think you need to be region-free. I think it's a region-free disc, but it's it's well worth getting it. They have like three different cuts of Extro, which is like way too many cuts of Extro. <laughs> but, There's no such thing as too many different versions of Extro. <laughs> but, and it is cool. It's kind of pricey though, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it like 70 bucks or something like that? I think if you get the limited that like comes in like a hard case and stuff, but I got the I got the standard release from them uh for like 1250 pounds or something like that. So like less oh, than 20 okay. bucks. Um but like again, it's three different cuts of the film. There's a bunch of extras. It's a, it's a nice little set. Okay, that that's not expensive. I thought that it, I thought I was priced out of getting that, but okay. Cool. Yeah, if you uh Check out Amazon.co.uk. They might be shipping at this time. I know Second Sight doesn't always, um, but if you can't get stuck, here's some advice for you folks out there uh, who want to import Blu-rays during the pandemic. Because sometimes places don't ship out to you. I'm looking at you, Amazon.co.uk. Uh, Zavi, Zavi uh, is not too bad. Um, their ship. If you're gonna buy from them, get a get a few items at a time so that you get a sturdier box if you just get one eh, it's not the sturdiest box and it's coming from overseas so just remember that although speaking of home home media i think we got to talk about the big one uh this month no uh, the no, friday we don't. The 13th box set came out oh yeah no no uh, we don't <laughs> okay i did i'm excited for this set but i'm fucking sick and tired of everyone on social media okay guys we get it everyone got their friday the 13th sets there was a few mistakes made on it. We don't need 30 posts a day about it. Like, Jesus, this is, this has become more annoying than political ads at this point, and we're almost in fucking November. Like, I, I don't think we need to go into the issues that were with the discs, but one thing I do want to say is, Scream Factory, if you're listening, wouldn't it be cheaper to hire a decent QC department than to send out all these replacement discs all the time? Because this is not even close to the first time they've had this issue um, with a release and they've had to replace discs. It's like, and and this isn't just audio tracks being swapped, like on Dead Ringers, you know, or something. This is literal scenes missing from movies. So, but they are, the link is up to get your replacement discs already. I don't know if you guys saw that. So you yeah. can already go and request your your replacement discs. So they're not dragging their feet on it, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really noticed any issues, but I'm definitely keeping that in mind. But I mean, I was just going to say, I like I like the box set. And, oh, it's a gorgeous uh, I mean, box set. Mo- it is. It is a. It is a beauty, and uh, I never had any of the post Paramount Friday Thirteenth movies except for uh, the remake. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, like, there's just so much material to go through, and they did a good job on the special features for the first few movie few movies. Because I think I think there was some kind of copyright thing with like they couldn't really add new newer special features to some of the later movies because uh, some of the later movies in like Freddy vs Jason and uh, all that are, are basic basically transfers of the uh, other Blu-rays. But a, lo- a lot of good stuff on the earlier Friday Thirteen movies like uh, Friday Thirteenth parts. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think parts uh, one through four got new 4K transfers and they look stunning. Yes, I mean speaking of the of the remake. I mean, I, we we were talking about this in our little chat room. Um, it's basically, I think that they just bought a bunch of discs from Paramount and put them in the box. Yeah, set it's just a killer it's, cut of the uh, yeah. the uh, Blu-ray that Paramount put out. So I don't know if there were no more special features. Maybe that disc is perfect as it is, and that's why they put it in there. Or maybe there's some contractual thing. But um, maybe Paramount said Paramount's like, we'll let you release this set. But you have to buy a bunch of these from us. Well, I mean, like, there's two things. I've heard that it is, you know, some contract stuff, you know, for the later ones, which is why they're reusing the old discs. But also, I've been finding a lot of uh, Friday the 13th killer cuts at Dollar Tree. So maybe they're just like, (laughs) we have way too many of these fucking discs. Please just take, we won't let you do anything else with them. Just take the disc. But they do have a couple of features on the bonus discs for them, I believe, right? I'm I'm waiting until November for Friday the 13th to crack into my set. So uh, this month is I'm doing Halloween movies and Halloween theme movies. Uh, so Friday the 13th is next month. But uh, oh, going back to Beyond Fest though, 
I did go see uh, the premiere for uh, Saint Maud, the new A twenty four film. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't wait to see Saint. No, the exact exact reaction, James. Oh my god! It is a phenomenal <laughs> film. Like this is. Uh, I hate eleva- I hate the term elevated horror. I have had the rug pulled out from under me twice so far in that. They had a screening set, an in-person screening set, when they closed the world down. And then A24 dangled a screening link in front of me. Yeah. Um, and then they postponed the release, so that never came. And I'm dying to see this. Day. I'm like, really? Why you got to do this to me, A24? Well, I, I don't know when it's coming out now, but I hope it's soon, because I really want to see that movie again. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's a nice slow burn but like that that kind of really reminds me of films like audition where it's you're really just like sticking with these characters through the whole thing and then the fucked up shit doesn't come until the end but there's little things that and but unlike movies like audition where it kind of plays out like a totally different movie and it's kind of boring at parts to kind of like mess with you this one it just keeps you involved in this character's life for the entire for like that that entire duration of the film and it's enthralling the entire time like my eyes were glued to the screen and it's 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 so effective and that those last few moments of that film just blew me away of just like holy shit so i it's highly recommend it's absolutely phenomenal like if you if you love hereditary midsummer all those like this is right up there with them i saw a a movie that it's not while I was watching it, I thought that it might be vaulting to my favorite of the year, but it kind of plummeted down to about number four. And I think I'm embargoed, so I can't say too much about it, but The Dark and the Wicked. Uh, which one's that? That's the new Brian Bertano movie. Oh, right, right. Uh, yeah, that was playing at Beyond Fest. I didn't get the chance to see it. Though. Brian Boitano? Like, like <laughs> the figure seater? Bert, no, Bertano. Uh, oh. The, um, the guy who did The Strangers and... Um, Mockingbird and uh, the monster. Got you. Okay. It is. Um, like, Brian is making horror films. That's a that's an no. awesome post uh, figure skate Olympics figure skating career. <laughs> this this movie and hopefully hopefully if I am breaking embargo they don't mind because I'm not going to say anything negative about it. Usually embargoes are bad review embargoes. Um, this movie it, it reminded me a lot of It Comes at Night. So if It Comes at Night bothered you. The Dark and the Wicked might too, but there's a little more story to The Dark and the Wicked, whereas It Comes a Night was just a lot of people, you know, sitting around in the dark talking. Um, it's about, basically, it's about this brother and sister who come back home because their father's dying and uh, shit happens around the farm that their dad lives in. And it's it's a it's a crazy movie, but I had so much fun with it. Um, it's not a fun movie, but... That probably says more about me than the movie that I had fun with it, because <laughs> it's a pretty dark and disturbing movie. But it's it's much more uh, supernatural than The Strangers, um, and it's not as creature feature as The Monster. So I think he's just you know he's branching out. It's 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 you know very occult and supernaturally, but it's a uh, it's it's pretty good. It's I think it might have. Uh, I think I might be number four on my list. Sputnik is still number one. Sputnik is so good. Yeah, I still got to see that. Oh, Sputnik's so good. And um, I did do another festival this week. Uh, did you guys hear about Nightstream? No. Nah. Uh, yeah, well, basically a bunch of smaller uh, film festivals like Boston Underground Film Festival and Brooklyn Horror Fest teamed up to do a virtual uh, kind of conglomeration of their festivals uh, over the last week. So, you know, so you, you, so you basically uh, buy a pass or rent movies online. Um, I got to see, and I got to see a few cool things like, uh, uh, like probably one of the big highlights for me was this all puppet horror movie called Franken Zed, which uh, it's like if Jim Henson made a uh, gothic splatter movie because it, it's like about this Frankenstein's monster and this zombie that live in this old castle and like uh, the villagers are are like uh, preparing to wipe them out so it's kind of like a kind of like a weird like cla- Universal Monsters buddy movies but also with a lot of gore and puppet mutilation nice. now, what kind of puppets are they like Muppets or are they like marionettes uh, yeah more more Muppety 
you know okay. a little bit kind of like that uh uh like uh you know kind of um style uh, i don't know the exact term but you, you know like those got like they've got like uh, bigger monster puppets um so like like is it stop motion then uh no 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 it's uh it's puppetry oh okay, oh, okay. so it's it's so it's basically the muppets okay but yes. with you know more decapitation which is what the Muppets needed anyway, so I'm in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Muppets don't um, need more decapitation. Muppets are perfect the way they are. And uh, I also <laughs> saw this great repertory screening of a movie that uh, I never heard about, but I'm glad I found out about. Um, okay, so let me just set it up. It's like uh, there were some Japanese fans of the Evil Dead who wanted to do their own kind of Evil Dead movie, but they were like, what if Ash was super swole? So that's how we got Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. That's the name of the movie? That is the name. Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder <laughs> in Hell. Uh, I think it, it took the directors like 10 years to make, so it's from like 1999 and was released in 2009. Okay. Uh, and, it's, and yeah, it's basically about this uh, Ash-ish character who is a bodybuilder, uh, like goes to investigate this haunting with like his girlfriend and the psychic guy, and a lot of Evil Dead-style possession splat stick happens, but he's super muscular, so he's able to fight the demons with his... Is, like his fists. <laughs> what's what's the name? Say the name again so people can get it in their head. Bloody muscle bodybuilder in hell. And That's he and even does the title. groovy thing at one point in English. That's awesome. Oh, is is it subtitled? Uh, yes, it is. Most of it. Okay, but he says groovy in English. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. So if you had any question as to the influence behind this movie up to that point. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, they're very upfront yeah. about it. Oh, and it even awesome. does those kind of Sam Raimi uh, uh, montage cuts, you know, like when he's like putting something together, it does those like quick, uh, quick cuts. Nice. Uh, and uh, and one other one I wanted to mention is like this. Uh, I think it's Australian American co-production called Bloody Hell, which is basically about this. uh ex-con who decides after he gets out of prison uh to like uh find you know find something new for himself so he goes on vacation to helsinki finland and he's abducted by a um very wes anderson-ish uh cannibal clan and uh it, it is just bonkers like it had it, it like um has some great build-up and uh like the finale is just so uh, just over the top like I, I rewatched the last 15 minutes like three times <laughs> nice and speaking of the evil dead influence like the uh yeah the lead character uh does kind of have kind of a, have a uh, ash sensibility about it about him you know just being in and over his head and uh it, yeah it's played by uh ben o'toole and his <laughs> oh yeah and his character's name is rex and uh yeah nice. that like when that, i'm not sure when that's coming out but uh when it does i recommend it Awesome. Anything else that we need to talk about before we get to the topic? Uh, yes. If you guys are ever interested in watching a drag reality competition show, I got really into the Boulet Brothers Dragula. It oh, is yeah. fucking awesome. Like, first of all, like, I I like drag. I like going to drag shows and stuff. But, like, RuPaul's Drag Race was always too clean for me. Uh, that wasn't the type of drag that I've I've been to. The type of drag that I've been to is always very underground, very dirty, very cheap to go to. You know, cheap, strong drinks and all that. And that's what Dragula is, and it's fucking awesome. They're very they're, everything's horror themed. Every, everything they do little horror skits when a when a contestant gets eliminated, they do like a little short horror film of them dying in different <laughs> oh, ways. Wow. It is it is so much fun and it's it's got it's got it all. It's got awesome uh, drag uh, shows with great horror influence all throughout. And they're actually doing they have the they have season two and three on Netflix. And then Shutter's going to do a two hour movie where they bring back contestants from the first three seasons and uh, have them compete to be a part of the fourth season. But it was all filmed during quarantine. So it's going to be very interesting how they uh, managed to do that. But yeah, Dragula, it's uh, filthy gorgeous, that's for certain. Have you guys watched um, that documentary? It's like a true crime documentary um, on Netflix. It was the big craze. It's I think it's called An American Murder. Oh, I heard about it. Uh, I didn't watch it, though. 
No. It is... Um, I mean, if you like true crime stuff, it, it's it's a case that has been covered actually quite a while. We sat down to watch it, and and I remember like right in the first five minutes, I was like, I listened to this episode of Sword and Scale, and my wife is like, I think I saw this Forty Eight Hours Mystery. You know, I mean, it's been <laughs> covered before, but this goes way in more in depth. It's about basically a woman who disappeared, and uh, her and her kids disappeared, and of course, it's not just a disappearance because you know it's an American there's crime. A, there's and and they tell you is it. I think it's called an American murder. They tell you right in the title, you know, <laughs> this woman didn't live, but, um, it's, mm. it's a pretty crazy how it unfolds. So if you like true crime, that kind of thing, this one is, uh, this one's for you. That reminds me, I got to watch the new unsolved mysteries more. I've, I've watched the first few episodes <laughs> when it first dropped, but fell off. Yeah. It had some good ones. Right, let's move on to our topic and I'm going to let Korea introduce it because, uh, it's, it's more in his element. So take us to our topic. It's his baby. It's my baby. <laughs> I'm going to let Korea take over this because that fucker watches way too much goddamn TV. <laughs> uh, I almost said I was doing pretty good on not swearing today. And then I remembered everything that I said for the last half hour. And I'm like, no, I've definitely been swearing this episode. <laughs> Don't worry. I check the explicit box every week on us. <laughs> one of these days we'll do one where I don't swear. Um, that's not true. So, But then uh, I'm going to swear the whole time. So we'll still have to check that box. <laughs> Yeah. So the topic this week uh, that I wanted to discuss was when TV shows do Halloween episodes. So this is like, you know, it could be like a like an everyday sitcom, but they just do a Halloween themed episode. And who does it well? Who doesn't do it well? What are some classics uh, in our heads? And uh, well, I, I want to cover like probably the weirdest and and most out there one and that's family matters yes family matters had just went the, okay so there, there's there's always sitcoms that like do it where it's like oh it's halloween and they just have like a normal story play out but like characters wear costumes you know or they'll be like oh this episode is centered around a halloween party no family matters went fucking bonkers right and they were like, oh, hey, so we got it's second season, right? So this is when the Urkel takeover happens. So the first season, <laughs> it plays off pretty like a normal. Pretty is this the one with the puppet Urkel? Yeah. The Halloween one? Not just puppet oh. Urkel. His name is Stevel because he's evil Steve. Steve. Evil Steve. <laughs> That's right. Stevel. That's right. And so again, is this this show played out like a normal sitcom until second season when Urkel completely took over. But with the Stevel episode, the entire episode is like a perfect metaphor and embodiment of that Urkel takeover of the entire show. Cause this evil doll Urkel is murdering the entire family. Like there's a point where one of the characters is like chopped up and put in the cupboards there. And like, and, and it's really creepy because it's kind of like the doll kind of plays out and looks like the dummy from uh, Goosebumps. But they also very hilariously, because it's not done so well, have like intercuts of like a little person or a small child dresses the dummy chasing after people or moving in some of the shots. It's it's very weird. And at the very end, it's revealed that it's just a dream or is it, you know, Um uh, but it's totally weird. Well, the fact that everyone he killed came back the next week well, tells you that it was. <laughs> well, well, but the doll might be real. We don't know. But it's just so weird that they oh, went they went yeah. so hard on like here's this here's this evil little shit murdering people. There's no <laughs> blood, obviously, but like he's going around murdering people, and then it's just a dream. And it's like, why is Urkel having this dream? And it's just so weird with the timing as well. Like I said, with Urkel's takeover of the show. Like, it's just such a bizarre episode that, like, was pretty intense for TGIF, you know? So, that's my vote for weirdest fucking Halloween episode. There was one, and, and most of the ones that I, I... I don't watch much current TV. It's all stuff from, you know, the 90s and before. But um, I remember an ep that there was a Halloween episode of Dawson's Creek where um, the, I think the power went out and the kids are all just sitting around telling ghost stories or like creepy stories. And at the end, Jen's grandma comes in and tells one. And then, you know, as they're leaving, she just gets this creepy look on her face and there's candles all around. And it was really kind of scary that this old woman is like, okay, kids. And <laughs> that, that, I mean, <laughs> Dawson's Creek was kind of one, not really a feel good show, but it was one of those corny shows. But yeah. that episode from what I remember, I'm like, this one's actually, you know, in the right environment, it could raise some goosebumps. 
I don't want to wait for our lives to be <laughs> to over. Be over. <laughs> uh, we we were all thinking it. Um, as for me, um, you know, like I, I've been kind of over and around on sitcoms over the years, but uh, I think probably the most memorable for me were the uh, Halloween specials on the show Community. Did either yeah. you guys watch Community? Yeah, dude. They always had such great uh, Halloween episodes, and they always had awesome gags too like do you remember like i think it was over multiple seasons the beetlejuice joke yes oh my god like that was <laughs> yeah. like it, i uh, you know community always gets lauded for you know it's very heady jokes but yeah that was something because like each season whenever they did a halloween special somebody would say beetlejuice once and then and then once they got like three seasons later and somebody said it for the third time uh like a beetlejuice guy actually walked by in the background yeah. yeah, but you have to know that he's there. He's it's he's like through a window in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Total inside joke, yeah. Uh, but in terms of the episode themselves, like my favorite uh, is definitely Epidemiology, a.k.a. the zombie apocalypse episode, uh, which uh, where like the Dean is so cheap for his Halloween party, he buys like discount meat from an army surplus store, but he accidentally buys like some government bioweapon that causes everybody who eats it to turn into zombies. And when they turn to zombies, they bite other people and turn them to the zombies so it's a halloween party like zombie outbreak while everybody's in costume and uh yeah so it's so it is kind of funny to see chevy chase go zombie in and and bite people including starburns which is really weird because like it's not it's not like steve where it's like oh this was just a dream everyone turning into zombies like they actually it's like the canon of the of the show yeah. like people were actually biting they weren't like flesh eating they were just biting people but it's still weird to think like they did a zombie episode and had it be canon like but that's community they, <laughs> they did crazy shit like that all the time exactly it wasn't a dream <laughs> yeah and uh and another episode i liked um was uh they were trying, like they were trying to figure out which among them was a psychopath, because like they had taken some kind of uh, uh, some some kind of mental test. So they decided to try and figure out who among them was like crazy by like trying to tell scary stories. So it was kind of like the Dawson's Creek thing, except it started. Uh, to be very personal between them and like they were kind of letting their own kind of neuroses and uh quirks run rot wild in their stories because like each one was supposed to be about like a uh slasher killer or something it's i i love i love it when shows don't just do one halloween episode like it becomes like they have an episode every season for it. um <laughs> bob's burgers is another great example yes. of Halloween episodes every from like I think it's season three on and what's so great about Bob's Burgers is that they typically didn't try to do like making a horror film Halloween episode you know like where it's not like oh we're doing this you know like it's just legitimately like them celebrating Halloween so like the first episode is the kids going trick-or-treating and then they end up going to like the rich island uh town's uh, Halloween thing and they're like oh my god everyone's got full bars yeah and they're like running from bullies and stuff but like it's just like genuinely fun like Halloween uh in that but Bob's Burgers just whimsically charming anyway so them doing Halloween is just perfect blend <laughs> yeah, I like their Halloween special last year where they did kind of a, fr uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street parody where uh, Tina is freaked out because she had she has to uh, she had to um uh, dissect a fetal pig for science class and the ghost of the fetal pig <laughs> is haunting her dreams uh, yes, on the, Halloween. The fetal pig. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, taking it a step back, another uh, Halloween special I particularly like from a series I kind of followed was um, the Halloween special from Boy Meets World where they did a whole scream thing. Because people forget just, you know, how big of a phenomenon Scream was in the 90s and, like, how everything became meta-horror after that, even, you know, like, in these parodies and stuff. Because it's basically, like, uh, the the cast is all in detention. Mr. Feeney puts them all in detention for a variety of things. But then, like, he disappears and, like, somebody over the loudspeakers of the high school is threatening them and they start getting picked off one by one by a mass killer. <laughs> and they even do a great gag where, like... Uh, 
character is stabbed in the head with a pencil and it, and like he falls down to the wall and his name was Kenny so they go oh my god they killed Kenny and, and it also has one of my favorite <laughs> you uh, bastards <laughs> well they couldn't say that part but <laughs> this is uh, they, world. But they also <laughs> have just this great follow up gag where because he, he was stabbed for the head with a pencil and like it etched on the back of the wall behind him they're like well at least we'll always remember that Kenny was that tall Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> we we can't uh, go. We can't ha- have this topic without talking about the Simpsons Treehouse of Terror. I was horror. wondering who was going to bring it up. Treehouse of Horror. Okay, it um every year you 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 talk about every year that Bob's Burger does one. Treehouse of Terror, horror. A Treehouse of Horror. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> Treehouse of Horror is one that people actually look forward to and they say it's coming this you know this week and um and it's kind of like they're not canon because any things that happen you know in it like you know people get turned into you know creatures or they get killed and chopped up and stuff and then they're back the next week so they don't you know they're, they're kind of like dream logic but um they rip off anything and everything i mean i can't think of a twilight zone that they haven't ripped off in treehouse <laughs> of horror and you know and, and you know classic horror movies and class you know and not classic horror movies it's that's part of the fun of watching that is um is you know what are they ripping off this time you know anything can happen yeah. Oh, Treehouse of Horror is like the one reason to, to like is like the one episode people go back to watch or like watch when a new season comes out. They're like, ah, it's a new Simpsons, but new Treehouse of Horror. Fuck yeah. I also love that uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, directed the opening of one of the Treehouse of Horror yeah. uh, intros a couple years back. Remember and it that? It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I still, because uh, I, I, we've been going back and trying to watch a sitcom horror film like almost every day. Or sitcom horror episode, uh, and we rewatched the first Treehouse of Horror, and that is still super solid. Like um, the best adaptation they did was Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, and yeah. it just had like Nevermore, <laughs> Nevermore, <laughs> Nevermore. Eat and my shorts. Just, uh, <laughs> and it was Bart as the Raven with Homer chasing him around, was just pure fucking gold. I yeah. mean. Uh, and then who was could... it? James Earl Jones that did the yeah. narration too. Yeah, he did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got Darth Vader reading <laughs> Poe with Homer chasing Bart. <laughs> Pretty Just much scre- screaming, "You little!" <laughs> Repeatedly. Why you? <laughs> Never mind. And and it also had one of my all-time favorite uh, Simpsons lines. It's like, well, I guess people were just a lot easier to scare back in the 19th century. Oh yeah, it's like when you look back at the original Friday the 13th. It's pretty tame by today's standards. Yeah. <laughs> it also has one of my favorite when they did The Shining. Oh, The Shining. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the, the, that's the one. Groundskeeper <laughs> Willie, he he says, he says, you got the shinning. And Bart's like, don't you mean the shining? He's like, shh, do you want to get sued? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Who could forget the classic when the aliens come and they're bringing them to dinner and stuff? And they're like, I've, we found this cookbook, how to how to cook for, uh, for 40,000 humans. How to cook for humans, how to cook 40 humans, how to cook for 40 humans. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's more space dust on the book. <laughs> Damn space yeah. dust. <laughs> yeah, other uh yeah, and actually I rewatched that one the other day, uh where uh, Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace where Willie is Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> Groundskeeper Willie. Yeah. It, the funny thing about that Shinnin one is um he comes back in all three of the Yeah of the episodes you know, i'll show you the way out oh i'm and, bad at this yeah and he gets and he gets an accent back oh well, yeah that's the thing i love the time travel one where uh willie appears to homer who's like stuck in a time travel loop because of a toaster it's like you're still not back at your own time homer i can get you home but you gotta do exactly what I-. and he gets sta- uh, stabbed in the back by maggie who then takes out her pacifier and it's james earl jones saying this is indeed a disturbing universe basically anything can be improved if you have james earl jones voice a baby just like throwing it out there if you if you find yourself with writer's block don't know how to end a movie james (laughs) earl jones voicing a baby saves you every time pretty much uh and i've also been watching some uh newer halloween specials for newer cartoons like um when, like this show I like on Cartoon Network is called Craig of the Creek. It's kind of like a kid adventure show. It's mainly about these kids who just hang out at the creek and have and have adventures. And 
Uh, they had this great Halloween special last year where the kids find a haunted, like a dollhouse in in the creek just down in the middle of nowhere, and it's haunted because like the dollhouse, it's like if a haunted house was following you, except it's doll size. So it's, so no matter where they go, like they can't escape this dollhouse. That sounds awesome. By the way. I am absolutely in the age of streaming. What's really great is being able to fight, not only have access to these episodes, but a few of the uh, streaming services are actually like highlighting them. So like Hulu has their annual Hulu ween and they actually have sections where you can go and go, Oh, classic sitcom Halloween episodes, which is what led me to watch the cheers episode, which is a, is a classic example of like oh it just so happens to be on Halloween you know it's one of the characters he's trying to find love and they're wearing costumes so they don't really recognize each other the next day and stuff you know classic sitcom Halloween uh, story but I, How I Met Your Mother did the exact same thing with one of the guys saying but who is she? Oh the She's slutty pumpkin costume. yeah <laughs> man that show has not aged well <laughs> and um, when I and when I was younger, you know, I feel like it was uh, Halloween specials for kids cartoons that really started getting me into horror. Because like when I was younger, my, my all time favorite was um, especially Nickelodeon cartoons or Nicktoons. They had a bunch like the uh, Angry Beavers had this incredible Halloween special called The Day the World Got Really Screwed Up, which was like just one big shout out to like 1950s B-movies and they actually had Peter Graves and Adrian Barbo in it. Like I didn't even really know who they were until years later. That's but, uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's great. It's like the the Beavers are horror movie fans, so like they decide to go trick or treating the day before Halloween for some reason, and uh, they end up at like the uh, house of their favorite Hollywood actor Oxnard Montalvo, and like this meteor crash and is bringing all the monsters from his movies to life. <laughs> and uh, Peter Graves is like the voice of um, the this like. Well, you know, like 1950s style B movie general, and Adrian Barbo is uh, like the love interest for Oxnard Montavo. So, and so, like they're trying to run away from a monster called the Crawling Spleen, which is like a spleen with a thumb on it. And uh, Adrian Barbo falls and is like, "Oh, my ankle!" And they get her up and they run again. And Adrian Barbo falls again, and she says, "Oh, my other ankle!" And they try it again, and Adrian Barbo falls over again. It's like, "No, oh no, both my ankles." <laughs> so it it's it was it, it's one of those things where like it uh like really uh it was just like a love letter to uh those old school monster movies which you know recursively I then got into. I love gateway horror stuff. I mean we were talking about uh we had Brian on uh Duffield the other day for spontaneous. That was gateway horror uh, if I've ever seen one. But especially like when you sneak them into kid shows and stuff and you can like start to introduce like horror things but in a kid friendly way. There's so many good like uh or classic horror uh, Halloween episodes for uh kid shows. Uh, we've been heading up the Disney Plus ones. So we're watching like Kim Possible and Lizzie McGuire and oh my god, Liz kid shows in like the early 2000s had really low standards for acting abilities I have to say like Lizzie McGuire my goodness no one could act their way out of a bag there um, but it's still fun to see how they incorporate a lot of these heavy themes um, I still say though one of the best Halloween episodes for like a non-sitcom show um, comes from one of the worst seasons of American Horror Story and that was Freak Show they had that one episode about um, freaks and Halloween and like the the freak uh, that comes and he starts and he ki- kills one of the freaks. Um, oh, yeah. It was such a great episode. It's just such a shame that it's in the middle of like this ter- this like pretty bad season that wasted so much good potential. Just uh, it's still worth watching. That's on my list to watch this month. What about the Roseanne Oh, yeah, the Roseanne Halloween specials. I I hesitate to mention it because I'm not a fan of hers lately, but the the old Roseanne Halloween episodes were pretty legendary. Yeah, I never really watched them, although I'd seen, like, some clip compilations of, like, all the characters in different costumes, and, like, they they did seem to go pretty hard with the uh, costuming and practical effects. Well, the family would um, set up a haunted house for trick-or-treaters, so that's mainly what you got to see, you know, is... 
their what they've done, their decorations and stuff, which were for the most part fun. And speaking of '90s uh, sitcoms, uh, uh, Married with Children had one of my favorites. Yeah, they actually had Robert <laughs> Friggin England on it as the devil. Like it was yeah, that yeah, one yeah, where it was like around Halloween and. Uh, uh, but Al Al Bundy was watching football, and you know, because his whole shtick is like he he could have been like a like a major football player, and he's like he's uh, lamenting his lot. And then Robert England shows up as the devil to offer to make him a football star in exchange for his soul. So of course he goes for it, and then it leads to a series of events where Al Bundy goes to hell, and then the rest of his family follow him, and Robert England just gets to torment them as the devil, and and just it's just Robert England just get, it's just having so much fun, you can tell, and it's it's just a it's a good time. Oh, I forgot about that one. I'm gonna have to add that one to the list. Like I said, I've been I've been trying to watch one every day. So we watched uh, the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" Halloween episode. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. It's the one where uh, Dee says she's pregnant, and it's possibly by one of the other cast members. So they spend the whole night like trying to figure, trying to remember in their blackout drunkenness who it was, and it just has this great gag where every time they go back d is becoming more and more like a bird until eventually she's just an emu that just makes a screeching (laughs) noise when uh mac tells his story uh that's such a great episode uh my my favorite halloween special from them was the uh marine ponderosa wedding massacre remember that one oh god so much milk yeah. Oh so God, the milk. Milk. Yeah, I, I love that because, like, they. Yeah, they. Yeah, like, um, Dennis's ex is about to get married to the McPoyles, who are like really gross, and yeah. they and they go to like the woods on Friday the Thirteenth for the wedding, and people start acting weird, and it's kind of like a zombie thing. And Guillermo del Toro actually has a cameo as the leader of the McPoyles, Pappy McPoyle. Yeah, who's their mom? Uh... <laughs> I I love Guillermo del Toro as Pappy McBoyle. That's such great casting, and you can tell he just he loves being there and playing that role. <laughs> yeah, and he just looks all messed up, like he's got like a mel- he's got like a milky eye and scars over his face, and like he's wearing like that. Uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it, like a robe. Just, oh my god, it, it, he's yeah, he just goes wild with it. I think the McPoyles on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia made me uh, lactose intolerant. Like, I I used to drink milk all the time, and now, like, my body just has, you know, violent reactions. And I think it's, I think I can safely blame that show for that. Yeah, no, it it, uh, doesn't make it appealing. (laughs) What else we got? We We should start wrapping up. Have have we have we squeezed this? Have we shaken this tree? <laughs> well, one more I'd like to mention. Uh, back on kids' cartoons, uh, I was a big fan of Gravity Falls, which you know itself was kind of like a supernatural show. But they had a really fun episode called Summerween because the show is set over the course of a summer. Uh, so they so they want so in order to do a Halloween special, they made up a holiday that this uh, that the town of Gravity Falls celebrates called Summerween. Because they uh, the town loves Halloween so much, they decide to celebrate it twice a year, and they have Summerween uh, melon uh, melon lanterns, and uh, there's this monster called the Summerween tri- Trickster that uh, steals candy, and it's like this creepy scarecrow-looking guy with a pumpkin face, and you know I just love that too, because like I just love the idea that imagine a place that loves Halloween so much they celebrate it twice a year. Like I would love to celebrate Halloween in the summer. That sounds like my kind of uh, my kind of town. Uh, Same. Actually, I do I do have one more, and it's not particularly a Halloween episode, but it's definitely a horror episode. And there's a show called Stone Quackers. I don't know if you guys yes, re- I love Stone Quackers. Stone Quackers. And it was only on for one season. It was per- it was an animated show about uh, ducks, uh, and. It was produced by John C. Riley, who voices like the local town cop in the show. But there's an entire episode where they almost beat for beat do Blue Velvet with the characters, and they yes. get real fucked up with it. Like they go for it, and even if you haven't seen Blue Velvet, it's still a super entertaining episode. But at the end, they do the classic. Oh, it was all just a dream. But like the character that had the dream, she's like, oh, what a nightmare. Ah, why do I have nightmares like that? Oh, well. And then she just like turns to her uh, side bed, eats a bunch of uh, psychedelic mushrooms, like 
pins her eyes open clockwork orange style and then just starts watching tv where it starts strobing horrific images yeah, like, like heavy metal blasting bruh. heavy metal yeah like, it's just horrible going, she's like i don't know why i have such bad dreams <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I can't a, recommend Stone Quackers to people yes, enough. Like it, I, it was an it was a masterpiece. I got into that show this year, and I think I've watched that first season at least three or four times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So oh, oh, and I was also a fan of uh, yeah, it was because of that Fox ADHD block, the uh, Lucas Brothers Moving Company cartoon, where yeah. the, the comedian Lucas Brothers had a, had a show, and they did a Halloween special where it was a combination of Tales from the Crypt and Tales from the Hood, where they're going to move a house, and this crypt keeper guy played by Eric Andre tells them a story and it involves them uh, as like a bunch of zombie ghosts uh, chasing after them and it's just funny hearing Eric Andre is kind of like the Crypt Keeper. That's all I want now is just like a Tales from the Crypt style show but like done from the people who do the Eric Andre show like that, yes. that sounds oh, perfect I, I would pay good money to see that oh yeah. Alright put that out into the world. It's if, out there. If those people are listening <laughs> All right, let's let's get out of here. Uh, what are your favorite? Uh, di- what, I'm sure we missed some because uh, you know our brains are like Swiss cheese. So uh, <laughs> let us know what your favorite Halloween episodes of TV shows are. Um, our theme song is by Restless Spirit, so go rock with them. And our artwork is by Chris Fisher, so go and show him some love. Uh, where can we find you guys on the socials, Jacob? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Davison underscore. That is at J A C O B D A V A S O N underscore. Uh, and and also you can find me on Letterboxd uh, as Jacob Davison or Imaginos. And you, Korea? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Korean Barbecue. That's C O R R E I A N B B Q. And uh, the only thing I want to plug is please go out and vote for. Oh, yes. Please <laughs> fuck's vote. sake, go out and vote. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And make sure that your vote is going into a real official bin. Yes. And not a fake one. Yep. I'm dropping off mine at the ballot box today. Yep. There you go. A real ballot box. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, me, you can find on Twitter at Cinema Fierite. That's like Verite with fear. So it's F-E-A-R-I-T-E. Uh, you can find all three of us at the Ion Horror Facebook page, the Eye Horror Facebook page, the Ion Horror Twitter the Ion Horror Instagram, um, any uh, any place else. We're not hard to get a hold of if you want to add us for any reason. Um, we'll uh, we'll be listening. Yeah, we'll, we'll be waiting for we'll be waiting for your correspondence. <laughs> Let us know how could you how dare you forget the Friends episode where Chandler dressed as the Pink Bunny. Uh, How could you forget the Seinfeld episode where Halloween stuff happened? Sorry, I didn't watch much of Seinfeld. How could you forget the office where Michael had two heads? Um, yeah, <laughs> let's let's hear all about those. Actually, we just mentioned them, so you can't say we forgot. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're going to get out of here. We will see you next time. So for me, James J. Edwards. I'm Jacob Davison. And I'm Jonathan Korea. Keep your eye on horror. <laughs>